Welcome to Game Woman, a collaborative storytelling collective building a world one game at a time. This week, we will be playing The Ground Itself by Everest Pipkin. If you like what we do here and want to get involved, follow us on Twitter at GameWoven, where you can join our Discord and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash connected by a road, and a third town on the far side of the river. A fourth, secret town, Basberg, lies under the river, accessible only through hidden caves. The valley was a site of generations of battles. The land is marred by kerns of discarded bronze weapons, and its people are cursed with the scars and memories of their fallen forebears. Conflict ended a century before our story begins when a capricious god of travel revoked their bridge, and the runners, an organization of messengers, and the only people able to navigate the valley's dangerous countryside, sent word to the surrounding nations that their enemies had declared a general truce. In the intervening generations, the people have settled into a life of ritual order and tranquility, lest their cursed memories again bring conflict to the Bronze Hollow Valley. But as with many things we wish forgotten, we are often reminded by those who never knew. Ben, one more time, tell me the name of the valley here. Bronze Hollow. Bronze Hollow. Bronze Hollow. I think you could drop the valley because I like Bronze Hollow on its own. I think it's it was the Bronze Hollow Valley and it's just become Bronze Hollow, one word. It went from the Fertile River Valley to the Bronze Hollow Valley to just Bronze Hollow. Mm. Yeah. I think in between there, there was a little while that it was probably known as Blood River Bend. Ashland Valley, or like the Ashland. Ooh. Blood River Bend is really Ash good. Bend? I, I was also thinking, but like, Ash Heap. I didn't catch who said Blood River Bend, but that's pretty sick. Yeah. Like the undead or the immortals or some like some faction that is long lived still calls it that. Mm. They're still sore about the truce. <laughs> yes. Do you think anybody calls this place Zalo? Bronze Hollow becomes Zalo. Oh yeah. yeah. Teens do. I was gonna say the non cursed people who live here call it Zalo. Zalo Valley. It feels less formal, whereas, like, I feel like being respectful of, like, people's names and, and informality feels more mm, important than, mm-hmm. like, the cursed locals. Calling it Zalo, the local people be like, no, don't. That's, no, that's cringe. Yeah, that's yeah. like a big shibboleth. Also, g- going Massachusetts town names thing, it is not spelled the way it's pronounced. There is still the E from bronze in there. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Speaking of, like, the names of things, do the natives call everyone by their full name? No, but they call everyone by their rank. 
Yeah, titles. Titles. Yeah, I think they have titles. It's like, hello, teacher Smith. Hello, farmer blank. I like the idea of like, your profession is like a title in a lot of instances. When you don't have a profession, that's when they use their full name. So it's actually like, if you call someone by their entire name, that's kind of like comparing them to a child. Mm. Mm, gotcha. When you say full name, you're in trouble, so. <laughs> Adulthood is losing your identity to your job. That's oh, what? what? That's so fucked up. Oh. I wanted this place to be I nice. Mean, I mean, there's a, I mean, hey, that one's universal. <laughs> the group that we have, we make everything vaguely traumatic and horrifying. That's what we do here. Uh, I had it in my head. I don't know why, but for some reason, I want the village on the west side of the river to be called Finchin. 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 I don't know why. So it just, it just came to me. I like it. Is this an east-west or a north-south river? North-south. North-south. That's what's okay. in my head. Okay. okay. I don't know. Someone said Mississippi, so, and, and Mississippi can't yeah. be anything other than north-south for me. I like it. Yeah. North-south river makes sense to me. Oh, Ben, while you were gone, we decided that this was the Fertile Valley, whatever it was. At one point, for a while there, when it was heavily contested, people started calling it the Blood River Bend. Whoa! Yeah. Right? So there's still a, like, somewhere out in the world, there are still people who are like, we should technically own the Blood River Bend. We won our battle there. Nobody beat us for it. And they still call it the Blood River Bend. And they probably call it the Battle of the Blood River Bend. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they do not recognize Bronze Hollow. So now that we've been introducing the game for an hour, let's actually play it. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We're very oh. efficient at this. True. Yeah. So what we do is we roll the die to determine our time scale, and then we draw a card to determine stuff. When we draw a two, we answer the first question in the twos column. If we draw uh -huh. a ten this cycle ends and we go on to the next cycle. Now we've decided every time we do a cycle, we're also going to reroll the time frame that we're talking about so that we can get a nice wide variety of, of history and stuff. So I'm going to roll my single die six. I have a four, which is decades. Do we want to go decades in the past or decades in the future? Like in the future, there's less Britain there right now. Okay. So what we're going to do is we will draw a card and you will get a prompt. If you don't want to do that prompt, and I don't know if you have the rule books in front of you, you can also choose to do a focused situation. A focused situation is one of the following options. Tell a story, throw a party, discover something, see an omen, Leave the frame, so you do have the option to kind of dip out if we want to follow someone away from our location. Or you can move on and just skip your turn. So this allows you to skip questions that you're not interested in or not comfortable with dealing with, and it lets us zoom in on something that we find intriguing or interesting that you want to go in on. When we do a focus situation that still counts as that card being played, so we would still move on to the next question in the sequence. So we will start with three. I got to go down to the card meetings. Okay, here we go. Bree, the eight of clubs. The first question in the eights. 
What does success look like in our place? What do the inhabitants want? I think the thing people want most is to be able to keep that anger and the curse under control. So success is being able to live a peaceful life and not to the edge of that or for those who do go out and hunt who live closer to the edge where they could fall into that mm -hmm. being able to not just staying just on this side of control I have a clarifying question do you think people want to be hunters or do you think they want their kids to be hunters do you think people want to be runners or want their kids to be runners runner seen as a prestigious job because it shows that like, you do not have that tendency. You are fully capable of being able to go to these other towns without worrying about that anger being woken up. But for being hunters, that's... When someone chooses to go and be a hunter, they do it realizing they are sacrificing just about every other option they could have in life. Mm. give up a lot when you choose that so that's not something people want their kids to do but it is sometimes people when they like they need a certain amount of hunters to be able to get enough meat to like support also hunting monsters that get too close yeah so being a hunter is a noble profession but it's not one you want your kid to do right yeah because there's also the fact that one day might just lose control and never be seen mm -hmm. again or may lose control and then they become hunted because you can't risk that causing the war to start again yeah you might hurt someone you know yeah. Ooh, intense lex i have drawn the five of diamonds oh beautiful beautiful what are the stars like in our place the sky the weather the stars? I have no idea. The weather? Ooh, that's what I'm more interested in. I'm a mm. weather enjoyer. <laughs> <laughs> no one weather enjoyer, Lex. No one weather enjoyer. <laughs> so we've decided that, like, food is pretty plentiful here, right? That's the thing yeah. we've established. Or at least it was before the whole war of it all. Well, it's come back. Like, they've replanted it, and it's it's fertile again. Gotcha. Okay. I imagine that the weather reflects the temperament of the citizen. <gasps> oh. oh my god, that's so that's cool. They don't realize it until like people start slipping up on control and then you just hear thunder in the distance like oh no. Mm. I love that his idea is it's like a like a self-fulfilling prophecy of they have all these traditions like don't get angry or bad stuff will happen and then like the town gets mad about something and like thunderstorms start happening and i was like see i told you mm -hmm. and then people start getting mad at each other because somebody's like no i'm not mad about this you're mad about this and it spirals yeah. and then flood season happens. <laughs> mm, and then it floods hey i'm writing down oh. blood season I said blood season. Blood season, not what? blood season. So blood season is pretty sick. <laughs> so flood season happens. Everyone ha is basically stuck in their homes, and that's how they cool down. My question yeah. about the stars, though, is hasn't anyone seen the stars since the war started? What the fuck? 
Okay, so because they're so peace focused, I imagine most of the time it is bright, pleasant, and sunny, and just like perpetual, like summer and spring. Most of the time. Yeah, it's when you can't see the stars that you need. That's mm-hmm. that's bad. That's when you know you need to go inside. Yeah, when the weather gets bad enough, you can't see the stars. Oh, shit's going down. Wait, Can you ever see the stars? That was my question. Mm. Here's my thought. When things get bad, the stars don't go away. Mm. They go back to what they looked like during the Battle of Blood River Bend. Mm. Oh. So, like, everyone knows where, like, the North Star is on that night because mm-hmm. they know, all right, this is a normal North Star. Oh, mm, bad North Star. Mm. That's when you just go inside of your house and you lock the door and you just focus on all of your calming rituals that you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, this place Love is it. terrifying. What's wrong with us? Well, like I said, I think most of the time yeah. when everything's good, it's a like the weather's really nice. Yeah. It's all great until you just see that one star moving across the sky and then everyone's like, oh. Oh, was there like a comet or, or like a blood moon or like something during that night that comes back? Here's the thing that, that has occurred to me. We've made it clear that they're pretty isolationist, but they probably do have neighbors somewhere, which means their neighbors are like, oh, shit. Is that a storm? Who's getting pissy over in Finchin? <laughs> a week's travel away far enough away that whenever they start hearing the storms like okay everyone inside the walls <laughs> just in case okay Rob the four of spades what is the primary building or natural material in our place please did you say Lex did you say bees no <laughs> rocks I would like to do a focus situation. I want to throw a party. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's go. So the player describes the situation of the party, and every player picks or invents a character or thing that attends. Role player narrate as these characters chatting idly, dancing, having cake, or merely existing in Splendor. Topics of a larger story or situation may come up in these conversations, but do not act on the big things in a tangible way. So I want to establish... The anniversary of the battle has to be important. So in my mind, how do we balance out cosmically this like terrible event? We have the best time we possibly can. Like we we gather and we lavish ourselves in community and mutual respect to try and balance out this awful event. Like th- the best way for us to like acknowledge this but not fall into it is to like try and counteract it extreme generosity between the towns too the runners are real busy leading up to that with extreme generosity we did establish that like arranged marriages are a thing around here to avoid (laughs) it's like a one big wedding day one big wedding day all right oh boy just the calmest most tranquil wedding day ever so we, we each make characters, right? Everyone is, makes a character or a thing that is there that attends. Or a thing that is there. That's what it, so <laughs> A yes. thing that uh, attends, not just a stationary thing that's there, something that attends. Every player picks or invents a character or thing that attends. Okay. 
Zad, why don't you start? What do you want your character to be? My character is Archduke Vladislav uh, Lana Kochtovich. Um but Vladislav let Vladislav Zanakostovich. Zanakostovich, okay, got it. Zanakostovich, yes, is the Archduke in charge of the Imperial holdings that include the Blood River Bend, and he has deigned to come down for this festive little celebration commemorating a great Imperial victory. Not a local, but he's technically like. Oh, a absolutely board. not. Yeah. Got okay. Got it. I can't believe these guys are in my domain or what the fuck ever. Yeah. Um, Let me write that name. I... <laughs> you did that to yourself. It's in the notes. Yeah, you're going to have to say the whole name every time or no one's going to remember that. Uh, Vladislav... <laughs> Zanakostovich? Zanakostovich. Zanakostovich, yeah. Zanakostovich. I am going to play a plot twist. Three. <laughs> the thing that I am going to be is a plot twist. What would you like to be, Bree? There's this figure that always shows up in the background of these parties every single year to see how they figured it out yet. So you're just a mysterious figure? Yeah. And I was going to be a mysterious figure. It's the Shit. person that whenever you look at them, you, you thought it's like, it's like, oh yeah, I know who they are. Like, they're here all the time. I see them all the time. But it's like, okay, then what's their name? Who are they? How do you know them? I'm like, I don't know. They're just always here. Yeah. That's just a mysterious figure. No, my town has like four of those. I get it. <laughs> it's really rude to ask, so just people just don't question. It's just like I won't tell the story because of time, but there is straight up a mysterious figure I don't know anything about in my town who I just see randomly. He's just around. Just a dude, but I'll uh, go into that later. Oak <laughs> Ridge has a running man, it looks like Santa. Lex who or what are you, Alex? Yeah. Oh, me? I am the priest doing the marriages. Oh, God. Hmm. And Rob. Okay, I was originally going to be a runner, but I got to be one of the people getting married. So... <laughs> <laughs> Give me both. I will be the child of the... What did we call it before? The head, like the head of the runners. The, we used Postmaster General, and we also used something else. The Marathonian. The Marathonian. So I'm the Marathonian son. <laughs> and you're not a runner. I'm the Marathonian son, and what people call me, as we have established following our rules, would be Hunter Gray. You'd be Runner Gray. No, I'm a hunter. No, he's a hunter. Oh, you're a hunter. I'm, the, I'm just the Marathonian son. Oh, yeah. mm. but you're a hunter. You're not a runner. Ooh, drama. Drama! Yep. And you're getting married. Amazing. They have outsiders marry hunters. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Because mm. that way you don't have to worry about the hunter triggering their spouse. You've never met your spouse before. What if the Archduke is here? Because mm -hmm. Vladislav is giving away his third daughter. Ah. Uh, incredible. Incredible. Into the Gray family. Mm. The Gray family. So, 
Benjamin? I'm good at stuff. So, I imagine <laughs> a like beautiful little town square in Pinchin. Very neat rows of banners. It's very fastidious. Perfect rows of food, communal like potluck food in like very neat and tidy rows. I'm here. I'm feeling like maypoles where it doesn't get mixed up. It's it's very neat and tidy, but it's just like like a fun thing to do. And then just like an assembly line of a marriage, right? Spouses just lined up in a in a huge procession. It's just it's all at the same time. You know, it's 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 about efficiency. <laughs> As if you make people wait in line, then they get bored, then they get frustrated, then things start showing up, and you just know it's it's all at once, it's all nicely, neatly arranged. It kind of looks like a setup of the speed dating of it, except for congratulations, you can kiss the bride. Though, I do want to say, we're all descended from soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. We have just straight up established a marching order for a marriage thing. Mm. So, marching order probably has some symbology now because the or like oh yeah i was a third in my uh, i was we were the third couple in our wedding that means blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. oh Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) how close Mm -hmm. you are to the priest is important yeah it means something the brides and the grooms mark in rows and columns like soldiers Mm. down the lane and then they there's like all these commands that they do to finally form the lines and like join together and that's actually Full of pomp and circumstance. Very soft pomp and circumstance. For the spouses, it's like one one of the people has the rings and one of the people has the flowers. And that's how like the two lines are distinguished. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not based on gender. It's just like... Oh, right. One person's family has the rings. One person's family has the flowers. So we're saying gender is fake here. So I'm cool with that. Marriages aren't just between a man and a woman. Yeah. It's, I'm saying, no, like, I'm cool with us just skipping past the whole heteronormity of it all. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I mean, but, like, what if, you, what if you're from a ring-bearer family and you fall in love with somebody who's from a ring-bearer family? Or what if you're, like, from a flower family and you give off, like, real ring-bearer vibes? How, how do tops figure to it out when there's two it. tops? You know, you just yeah. eventually... <laughs> you know, no, no. Gay marriage? Sick. Two ring bears? Oh, no, 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 no. That's not allowed. That's not allowed is here. a <laughs> between a ring bear and a flower bear. bear. A flower person. <laughs> also, we've already established it's arranged marriage. You just kind of, yeah. like, yeah, oh. True. Oh, true. that's true. a good point. So that doesn't actually have to happen. It's, it's not an issue. It doesn't well, matter. I mean, the families probably figure out roughly, like, what your first, like, like, do you think that our son is going to be a ring person or a flower person? And you just kind of, like, just ask him. Like, yeah. babe, just ask him. Will these people get along? Are their personalities going to, like, mesh together? Because we don't want people to get frustrated and angry. So so being a ring person and a flower person is like, are you a cat person or a dog person? Like, <laughs> like, like broad. There's an extensive quiz that the priests hand out when you turn 15. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, I kind of imagine that in because the marriages are done to avoid arguing over who you marry, but I imagine extramarital relationships exist because of everyone's in arranged marriages, and, and you know, I imagine it's the thing that just happens, and everyone's like, we don't talk about it, but we all do it. Here's mm. here's the thing: 
is flower people are very pretty. And I got <laughs> 10 fingers. And they can all hold rings. <laughs> and a bouquet has a dozen flowers. I'm just, like, there's options here, people. We don't worry about it. Don't fucking worry about it. It's okay. There's for sure a euphemism there about like handing out rings or something. Let's cue up the scene then. So we have Hunter Gray. We have Vladislav. Oh no. Zanakostovich. You had it in front of you and you still struggled. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Wenceslaw. We have the priest that's marrying everyone. And then we have a mysterious stranger and a plot twist. She's not a stranger. His figure. Mysterious figure, Mubby. How does this begin? Hunter Gray and, and the Archduke. This is a good place to start. Oh, yeah. Mm, yes. Very, very orderly. Very orderly <clears throat> business that you have here. It's, uh, we do appreciate seeing that in our in imperial citizens of our good, <clears throat> good, strong uh, traditional values and um, dedication to order. It's a, it's a very, very wonderful, <clears throat> very wonderful. <clears throat> Are you all right, Archduke? Yeah, oh, oh, of course, of course. Just if uh, the 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 flowers that you're, if you could just hold them a little further, a little further upwind, that would be. <clears throat> I see. Yes. Uh, I don't uh, know how else you would do a day like this, if not orderly. Oh, well, yes. Um, order is uh, keeping things very, uh, very, very well controlled, very placid. Obviously, uh, favorable, favorable. Wonderful thing. Um, wonderful thing to be away from all of the loud music and the copious amounts of drink that we. <coughs> <coughs> See in other parts of our uh, other parts of our holding, the um, I'm sure my uh, the, the, those those back at court will uh, be very happy to hear the reports from how wonderfully things are going at Blood River Bend. Right. Yes. No. It, it sounds like such a such a wonderful place. Your your home. So I I'm sure you'll I'm sure you must miss it. So. Yes, yeah, terribly miss it, son. Miss it quite terribly, this is, but, um... Yes, of course, of course. So, you'll be then marrying my daughter. Yes, this is what my, uh... My mothers have told me. Very good, very good, very good, very good. <clears throat> now, please, is, are the flowers truly necessary? Man of your stature... Ought to have something perhaps a little bit more robust, a good good broadsword. <laughs> oh, uh, I must misunderstand. Um, well, the, these flowers are, are indeed uh, important. Um, Archduke Vaslov, uh, I. <laughs> they. Well, it. I understand that your traditions are about rings mostly i think for us rings are the flowers are just as important as the rings so <clears throat> i i could i could get rid of this but then huh, this marriage would not be legal 
in the eyes of everyone here. Yeah, if the flowers are just as important as the rings, they must be some <clears throat> damned important flowers. I, <laughs> if you'll excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, yes. Uh, here, there's some drinks over there. Good, 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 good. My, my good lad, my, uh... Suppose I best be calling you my son, then. Uh, and Vladislav, Archduke Vladislav Zanakostovich uh, gives Hunter Gray a hearty pat on the back and goes off sneezing. That's when the strange figure approaches, and she's sure you've seen her before, but you can't quite place where... Oh. Living a daughter here. No reservations about that? Oh, well, uh, it's not, not the, uh, orders are orders, and, uh, and, uh, peace in the Imperium is, uh, is, is peace. <clears throat> reservations? No reservations to be had. The, uh, the Marathonian's very important man. Good to have him as a part of the family, as it were. You don't know much, much about this town, do you? Oh, uh, well, I know as much about this town as I do any of the other, uh, Imperial charges and any of the other charges under my, uh, under my jurisdiction, uh, jurisdiction. Uh, it's, uh, it's called, uh, P Pittsburgh, I believe, Pittsburgh. Uh, lovely little place. Orderly, quiet, very calm out here. Sight of some nasty business. Antalo's what you're looking for. From. Oh yes, yes. I've heard the uh, heard the tame heard the name bandied about. It's a, it's a local. Your local uh, your local customs, much like these flowers. I'm uh, afraid I'm rather allergic to them. Blood River Bend, good strong name for a good strong bit of countryside and a good strong people. There's certainly something. I wonder if they'll be strong enough to break out of all of this. Hmm. Yes. At this point, she's just disappeared. You turn to respond, and there's no one standing there. Yes, yes, well. Yeah. Quite. I think at this point we could uh, jump to the actual wedding there. That would be... Mm -hmm. Yes, because I was going to interrupt mm -hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ben, are you going to break things? Yes, always. Hunter Gray finds himself at the very, like, the very end of the marching order. Mm -hmm. because though I was thinking that the most important spots are the first and the last those who lead and those who protect the rear and then dead standards mm -hmm. the shitty one <laughs> yeah 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 that's what I was thinking I like it yeah I mean as a hunter you have our back I mean I feel like that's a very apt metaphor for the, the, the society's view on hunters right like, the runners mm -hmm. are at the front and then hunters are in the back I think yeah. that's the general vibe. Runners lead the way, hunters keep us safe. And yeah, you are at the very end of the ceremony. And I'm, you know, going through phases of burying everybody very efficiently. You may now kiss the flower bearer. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Go. Go find your barracks. It's all, it's all set up. We, uh, You have assigned bunks. Get out of here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long haul that is just the way that it gets reset for this period is a bunch of twin beds just like 
rows of twin beds that get surrounded by curtains. Oh my god. Consummate. Oh my god. Having guard duty on that I know is so So I assume everything proceeds as normal until 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 something bad happens. Until Hunter Gray is Correct me if I'm wrong, Priest, but you probably do a little little longer one for the last person in line. I have a special one for the first and last. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked the order. So there's a reason for them to last. Uh, Lenadia. It is during kind of the longer one for Hunter Gray that a single droplet of rain lands on the officiant's holy book on seemingly a cloudless day. Mm. A fell omen. I say nothing. <laughs> and continue. And then there's uh-huh. another. And then there is another. Until finally, there is a gentle drizzle coming from forming clouds in the sky. There's something going on. We're not full storm yet, but there's a gentle drizzle kind of ruining everyone's good time. And then a grizzled old-looking hunter comes in from out of the wood carrying a bloody burlap satchel. And he throws it at the feet of the Marathonian. And he says to him, Don't you remember, Marathonian? I was supposed to be married off to the Archduke's daughter. But no, you sent me out there to hunt. And I've done it for decades. Go on and look. And he looks inside, and it is the grotesque head of, like, a beast. Sort of a vaguely human, vaguely bestial creature. You always wanted to know where your second son ended up. Well, I found him for you. Go on, Hunter Gray. Marry off and end up like your younger brother. And then he wanders off as the rain starts to pick up and people begin to whisper and bicker. And with one move, it all comes tumbling down. Figure just vanishes into the mist. Incredible. Well, <clears throat> my boy, my daughter, uh, we've uh, secured lodging and you know what they say, uh, rain on your wedding day, uh, sign of good luck, good for, for a nice... Uh, Strong traditional marriage. Now, uh, Madame Marathon, if we could perhaps discuss the opening of <clears throat> additional trade corridors. So, the Archduke hasn't even picked up that the ceremony hasn't completed yet. <laughs> and the Marathonian, as a note, because I, ha- I established Grey- Hunter Gray has two mothers, would be a, sh- uh, a woman. Oh, no worries. Hunter Gray stands there taking this all in. And we just start to see like a scar creep up from up the shirt and walks up to the Archduke and says, you know what? I'll take care of these flowers for you after all and throws them at the Archduke's feet and walks away. And I think that's where we'll leave the play. The, oh, no. That's where we'll leave the focus situation. Yeah. It's gay. It's Oh, and one of these days you just need to do a podcast that's called And Then Something Bad Happens. That's the name of everything I do. 
Zad going on to your prom. Oh yeah, there's more to play. Yeah, yeah, we're still <laughs> playing the game. I know, that was really intense. We haven't even finished one cycle yet. Are you ready? This It gets worse. <laughs> so Zad, your prompt. So remember, we're in a span of decades. So uh, roughly 40 years. There's a span of about 40 years. So 40 years from the 100th anniversary of the last battle. Yes, 100, yeah, 40 years. So there's a span after the, the 100th anniversary, 40 years, somewhere in there. And the reason I'm really harping on this is because in that 40 year span, what is the most horrible thing to happen in this place? <laughs> they think the cards did for me. I do feel like that last scene happens at the end before we start the next cycle. Let's see what, like let's see what Zad shift, says But that here. is entirely up to what Zad wants to do. Okay. So if that, if that is, is it interesting for that wedding scene to be the end of that 40 year period or the beginning? What do people feel better about? Uh, I mean, I'm interested in that being sort of the inciting incident. If you think the horrible thing happens as a result of the events of the wedding, I think that's I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I will say you could also if you're if you're not sure, you could instead of doing that like see an omen or leave the frame or discover something if you're like not sure where to put this i also agree that this is a that's a pretty good inciting incident mm -hmm. i feel like right so i did um, want, i did have a clarifying question for mm -hmm. ben on his plot twist thing yeah when he threw the beastly head in the bag was the implication that was the other son or it killed the other son the implication is that that was the other son gotcha okay yep because the other son gave in. Yeah. Had to be hunted. Oh, okay. It's real, real Innsmouth look uh, vibes. I think that what ends up happening is that everything is actually going relatively well. The Zanakostovich family and the Gray family, the, the Marathonian, are on relatively good terms. And I think actually, like, Hunter Gray and Lenadia, Lenadia Gray now, nay, Zanakostovich, they become increasingly close. And she actually stays in Bronze Hollow after her father leaves until they finally make the trip out to go and visit Vladislav, to go visit Lenadia's parents out at the Zanakostovich estate, which is outside of the valley, and everything goes relatively well for the first couple of days, but Vladislav is the fucking worst. And <laughs> eventually, Hunter can just see it, and eventually that stuff snaps. Hunter snaps at Vladislav, I think they eventually actually come to blows. And the curse kind of takes over him. Oh. The curse takes over him. And Vladislav is left partially wounded. Hunter actually flees into the surrounding countryside. But just because Blood River Bend is cursed. And we know this now. And 
Hunter and Lenadia make it back to Bronze Hollow, and they end up having to hide in the woods because Imperial uh, troops have been moved into Fitchton looking mm. for him. And oh. this place used to be relatively independent, but now the Empire is 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 leaning on them. And yep. it's maybe not the worst that things have been yet, but it's sure headed that way. Oh, and incredible. The more that the Empire tightens its fist on Bronze Hollow, the more people join the Grey Hunters. Join Lenadia and Hunter out in the The Grey Hunters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is so badass. That is that's a full ten years of and, and oh, it's so fun because the more the Empire leans on the region, the worse the region does economically, which means the tighter the Empire feels like they need to tighten Hold the on, grip. Yeah. And the more powerful the resistance. Yeah. Yep. Oh, God. What if some of the people that join start, that curse starts kicking in and the change starts coming, but instead of resisting it, they embrace it, they don't lose themselves. Oh my god, what if you go to war in this place and you didn't previously have the curse? You get the curse. Like, the Imperial soldiers that are getting ambushed, they're taking the curse home. Oh my god. Oh, we just made the zombie virus. Oh no! <laughs> war. War never, war never changes. changes. <laughs> you can tell a Grey Hunter. There are so many of them. After ten years, after a full decade, there's so many of them in all three towns, in all th- like or in, in both towns and out in the countryside. If you know what you're looking for, you can tell them just by just by the look in their eye. That's not official imperial dogma because it can't be. Because otherwise, you'd mm-hmm. notice there's a hell of a lot more gray hunters out there than you want there to be. <laughs> Incredible! Incredible! But no one in the town mentions the changes that they see to oh, the God, imperial no. soldiers. Oh my gosh. It's like, no, we, we can't betray them. If we betray them, that will set off a powder keg. Speaking of betraying them and setting off a powder keg, I just drew our first 10. Oh. Okay. When we draw 10, there are six possible 10 prompts. So I just rolled randomly because I'm a big table boy. Mm-hmm. My prompt is it is a resting day in anticipation of problems just across the horizon. What is believed to be coming and how do the inhabitants of our place set these problems aside just for one day? It is the 111th anniversary of the battle of Blood River Bend. It is a wedding day. And so everyone does their best for that one day to forget the reports from the scouts. Because let me tell you, you got runners, you got hunters. The Bronze Hollow Valley has really good scouts. They are very good at knowing things and spreading Mm -hmm. information around. That's one thing that they're definitely very good at. They know the crackdown is coming. And it's imminent. Like, we're talking days, maybe weeks. It's coming. And all everyone is just trying real hard to forget. And so one very interesting contrast to the the scene that we had before with this wedding day is the maypoles are up, but they are covered by canvas tents. 
to keep the rain out because there is just like this light drizzle and sort of overcast while everyone tries desperately to keep it tamped down. And one person who basically never comes back into town anymore does return. Hunter Gray himself comes back and addresses the people. And the zoom out is Hunter Gray's sort of triumphant, like King Aragorn return, where he arrives and throws the giant double doors open. Well, the giant double tent flaps open and addresses everyone, but we don't actually hear what he has to say. Yeah. I think it just sort of pulls away with him, like rallying these towns together, knowing that the bad is, is coming. It's going to get real bad. It pulls out to the other side of it. Uh, I picture Vladislav writing a, what's the cool, what are these things used for mounts? Because it's not, we're not doing horses for these guys. Horses are too slow. They're faster than any horse. What do you mean? <laughs> the runners, dude. Yeah. Well, no, the runners The runners are from Br- Bronze Hollow. It could just be riding like a war leopard, baby. Hmm. I was thinking a lizard. Yeah, I was thinking definitely a lizard. Great, great, great. Do we want it to be a quadrupedal or a bipedal lizard? I mean, it's quadrupedal except when they're crossing water. <laughs> then what is it? Lex, then what is it? It's the, it's, it's the I, I can't remember. It's, it's, yeah, it's that. Oh, no! There is a lizard in it. They, they kind of, their feet look like almost like bicycle wheels and they can actually run across the water. They have an actual name that's not just the Jesus lizard. That's just the only name I know. I can never remember its real name, but I know yeah. this thing is probably eight feet tall and covered in like spikes and armor and is very intimidating. And the, but the image of it running across the river like that, I cannot take it seriously. The opposing <laughs> army would laugh yeah. themselves to death. I cannot, no. I can't do it. No. But when they get across the river and bite your friend's head off, you're going to stop laughing. I guess. I get, get, get busy laughing or get busy dying. It's drakes is what these are. <laughs> they've got drakes. They've got wyverns. There's, that's actually like, they've got, there's a, uh, three there's like a three wyvern detachment like scout detachment circling overhead Ooh, yeah uh, Ooh, not good and somebody riding one of those enormous jesus lizards like s- just sprints across the water from the other side of the river that's what the archduke rides everyone else looks like <laughs> i have an idea for a closing scene we pull out even further into the middle of what once was a battlefield and this was the first time that that figure was not in the ceremony itself. This time she is watching from the center of the battlefield. Like, I had a feeling it would be drawing too close soon. Oh, no. I wonder who will come out victorious this time or if we'll just keep repeating that same old cycle. Talking to a person just the next of her, but it's future. You can't look at them unless you're looking at her. Then you can kind of see them out of the corner of your eye. We do love people who live in the liminal space between peripheral vision and actual vision. Because war's not there yet. Oh. But war's coming. Very cool, very cool. We now roll the die. I have rolled a five, which indicates our next time scale... So don't get too attached to this war scene because our next time scale 
is centuries. Uh-oh. We are now going to move two centuries either forward or backward. Which way do we wish to move? I want to go forward, y'all. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we will go forward. So now that we have moved forward two centuries, so we are 300 years after the Battle of Blood River Bend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Roughly 311 years, actually, to be precise. The questions are, do our characters slash civilization still live here? If not, who does? Does anyone? Hear me out. (laughs) (laughs) So there definitely was a lot of people going, hey, we shouldn't stay here. Not because we couldn't win. We should leave because we would win and it'd be really bad. Oh. If we defend ourselves... It's gonna be messy. It won't be. It, it, it'll be real bad. So we're gonna go. Can I pitch this as mm-hmm. it has become the Imperium holds Pynchon and the natives hold everything else on the other side of the river. It's been just like a cold war. Like every so often there'll be a skirmish, but like nobody, because getting across the river is just like stayed in this really uneasy status quo for the past 200 years of like the empire mm-hmm. controls everything on the east side of the river and the natives of the region control everything on the west side of the river. You think there's maybe others who, other cities and towns and people who dislike the empire who have come to shore up and join the side of the locals? Mm. And for some reason, the locals won't no matter how many missteps the Empire makes, the locals won't go in for, like, the killing blow because they yeah. know they know what's going to happen if they crush all these Imperials. Yeah, so the locals refuse to end the war. So going back to, like, my rough map here, where are we saying that every... Like, we're saying that the Empire controls... What's this town's name? Yeah, so the locusts control Finchin and the other unnamed town, and then the Empire gotcha. controls the... I think it makes sense to have it be the largest town uh, on the east side of the river. Because that's, like, that's the shipping one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I do imagine, though, that some people did want to leave. The bridge reappeared temporarily. Oh, travel god! There was a big, like, diaspora of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They left, and the bridge vanished. No one knows where they are now. Oh, people left via oh. the bridge. Via the bridge. Oh. So no one knows where or when they went. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll return to save the brethren one day, but... Mm-hmm. So this stalemate is now ongoing. The Empire just doesn't have the resources or the knowledge of the local oddities to, like, wipe out the two other towns, and the locals refuse to end the war. Also, just a reminder that we established that these people don't wield weapons ever. Right. Which means all this is happening when they're barehanded, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that, may be, that might be the thing with, with the Grey Hunters. Grey Hunters were... The Knives of the Grey Hunters was a, is a thing that people talk about. Mm. Also, I've decided that the on the far side of the river, the Imperial Seat of Power, Fort Lenadia... Vladislav named it after his daughter. His daughter who, mind you, it was a traitor. Yeah, like, yeah, she she stayed with, she stayed with Grey. 
that's not the Imperial propaganda. <laughs> oh, it's been 200 years. <laughs> Have the Grey Folk and their descendants become basically a, like, semi-animalistic, like, people with animal-like features called Grey Folk? Why, yes, Rob, they have. Like <laughs> yes, absolutely. I like that. To use another settings part, it's like a shifter where like they can like transform. Maybe they mm -hmm. look humanoid. I didn't want to speak it into existence, <laughs> but we have been dancing around not making them werewolves. I didn't want to say it, but I've been like the whole time I'm like, Oh. We're like this close to being werewolves. Yeah, <laughs> I know we've been very close to werewolves. I'm not feeling werewolves. There's something a little bit mm -hmm. more abominable about this. Mm -hmm. Something a little more abyssal. Something a little more corrupt. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only this is the curse of a god of a god who showed them kindness and they spat on. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Or at least that's the story. I haven't actually seen what happened. Right. Yeah. So I imagine, uh, like, if, if it if it is what we said, a travel god went, hey, what the fuck? The fuck? What the fuck? I'm trying <laughs> to imagine like what that form is, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think we can leave that up in the air for now. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, like, we know the gray folk are like the militarist, like people like people who use weapons or, or their ancestors use them and have become changed because of mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. They stepped just across that line of the curse and couldn't step back. And have been mm -hmm. doing so for for now two centuries. centuries and so it's like yeah everybody knows when you're traveling the zalo road you watch out for the gray folk if you see the gray folk don't mm -hmm. look them in the eye fear the knives of the gray folk i think part of the reason that this mostly happened with the hunters is because hunters spent so long walking that fine line mm -hmm. between violence and completely losing control that even when they gave into it, they were still able to hold on to themselves and that ability and knowledge of how they did that was passed down through the generations. Yeah, towards... yeah. it was, it, I mean, it, like really, it was only a matter of time. Like this, all mm -hmm. of this was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. yeah, like definitely like they're at, at least like the rhetoric they say amongst themselves is like, this time we control it because we fight for our home or something <laughs> instead of <laughs> fighting to take what didn't belong to us or blah, blah, blah. And whether that blows up in their face ironically or, you know, whether it actually is true and they are the, the just people of the, uh, the Bronze Hollow Valley, we will talk about next week on Game Woven. Thank you for listening to Game Woven. Please give us a follow on Twitter at GameWoven, join the Discord, support us on Patreon, and consider leaving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or whatever host you normally use. This week's episode featured me, T.T. Benjamin, at T.T. Benjamin 1 on Twitter. Lex, at CallMeThey on Twitter, that's call underscore me underscore they. Brianna, at Brianna Jeans on Twitter. Zad, at Zadkiel in green, that's Z-A-D-K-I-E-L in green on Twitter and Rob at Rob B. Rowling on Twitter.